0: Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Teeson, Bill G, and Alex King here. Today is Tuesday, February the 26th, 2019. It's 4 p.m. in New York, 1 p.m. in Los Angeles, 9 p.m. in London, Sydney, Australia. It's good morning. It's 8 o'clock there. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for tuning in for yet another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy that we're here at all because it's been a technical issue day. But those technical issues are now behind us. We're live. We're ready to go. And we're off to... A good start from now on. My mindset is now everything's gonna go smoothly. Everything is going smoothly. Everything's wonderful. How am I doing so far, guys? <laughs> hey, you gotta start somewhere, you know, that's the way it is.
1: You gotta fake it till you make it. You man. gotta fake
0: it till you make it. Well actually I'm not faking it. I actually think it's gonna go well now. So that I mean that okay. is that's real. That's good. So
1: Alright.
0: How you doing, Alex? What's happening in your neck of the woods? I'm better. <laughs> You're better? Better is better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One,
0: one step at a time that's what that's what you yeah, have to do exactly sometimes. that's a, okay good well i won't even press the issue i'll just say great you're better that's the most important thing. <laughs> and our friend bill G's back bill how you doing
2: i'm doing great uh the uh hopefully most of the sick issues uh are behind us ah, yes. um uh, wife is feeling better i'm feeling better Uh um, although i have to say that this particular flu, this particular flu, was very good at kicking your butt.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you were experiencing Facts. the contrast in big form, so congratulations. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured that uh, I, I figured we'd try something a little bit different today. Um, I was looking at a post in the Law of Attraction Changed My Life group, and of course we live stream there as well as to our page. And this post raised a question. Uh, and I'll have to translate it a little bit because I think it was written by somebody who's who has English as a second language rather than as a first language. But uh, mm-hmm. the the basic idea is pretty straightforward. It says, why couldn't everyone become a millionaire using the law of attraction so that there'd be no poverty? I thought that was an interesting mm-hmm. question and better than most of the mm-hmm. questions that we see there on a regular basis. And I figured it'd be fun, first of all, to answer the question ourselves and then because it's one of those topics that gets a lot of responses. I found the responses to be almost as interesting as the topic itself. So I figured we could go through okay. some of the responses and, and see what we have to say about them. Sound that good to you guys? I'm good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let me go to uh, Bill first, all right? So why don't you address the question directly before we start tearing apart all the answers that people gave. You know, why couldn't everybody well, become millionaires? Why, why couldn't there be an elimination of poverty that way?
2: Well, there can be an elimination of poverty, um, because uh, when you are attracting what you need in your life, you're not necessarily going to become a millionaire, but you, if you get everything you need when you need it, then yes, you are abundant. Mm. Um, and being abundant does not necessarily translate to a bank account per se, unless... That's really how you're viewing it. Um, but I think that, and and also not everybody can be a millionaire because everybody was a millionaire, then you would be, you would no longer have the contrast (laughs) to, (laughs) because that contrast is actually important in order to understand abundance. You need to understand. Lack of abundance at the same time. And Mm -hmm. so if everybody has a million dollar, you know, everyone's a millionaire, everyone has everything they need, um, then there's nothing to strive for. There's nothing to, um, nothing to attract.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting, interesting take on that. How about you, Alex? What do you think?
1: I definitely agree with Bill. Um, but I also want to add that you can. I think everyone can become a millionaire. It's just you're not going about it the right way. You're not mm-hmm. vibrating high enough. You're not, um, manifesting in, in the right ways and, and you're probably manifesting negative stuff first, which is causing you not to reach your goals.
0: That's good. Okay. Yeah. I like That's that. That's good.
1: Yeah.
2: I'll go with that.
0: Um, And I actually did answer the question. I'll paraphrase rather than trying to find my answer. Uh, And Bill, this actually kind of took me back to the days when you and I did the previous uh, radio show on PRM. um, Because I pointed out that...
2: I I almost answered it that way. You almost (laughs) did?
0: (laughs) Well, I actually did answer it that way, in part. uh, Because I said, well, you really don't want to go after being a millionaire. Because, for instance, if you live in Zimbabwe, being a millionaire means you're penniless. Uh, because their currency yep. is virtually <laughs> penniless. So you could have a million Zimbabwe dollars and you, you couldn't buy a stick of gum with it. You know, so not really such a great idea to be a millionaire. What you want is the <gasps> abundance. Like you guys have been pointing out, the mm-hmm. abundance is what mm-hmm. really comes mm-hmm. down to. And abundance really means purchasing power. It means the ability to acquire what it is that you want, whether it's through buying it or through simply attracting it and it comes into your life, however you do it. Um, but the point is you want that abundant mindset. Because that mindset is a mindset of I, everything that I want comes my way. It all works out the way I want it to work out or, or it works out for the best or however I want to think about it. But it, it is wealth is a mindset. Uh, in fact, somebody uh, – and, and I want to go through some of these answers here because the answers were really interesting in many cases. One person said, well, why wouldn't it be better if we could just you know redistribute the wealth? And I, I instantly, again, went back to when we talked on the previous uh, yeah. radio show and said, well, you could do that, but the problem is you could take all of the wealth in the world, distribute it equally among everybody, and about five years from now, we'd be right back to the distribution we have right now because the mindset yeah. would not have changed. <laughs> That's the problem. you got to oh, yeah. change the mindset. It's <laughs> not it's not the physical pieces of paper or, or the properties or whatever. It's the mindset. Um, so the mindset. And actually, what's first. very
2: what's very telling about that is there's so many you know people who have won the lottery. Yes. You know, uh, people who are poor and win the lottery, they win like the Mega Millions, and right. within two three years they're back to being poor again because they just they had no um, way of really um, man- managing the money, and or they mm-hmm. just blew it or whatever. Or they, as soon as they got that abundant money, they were so afraid of it or it was just not they they weren't in that abundant mindset and so it just went Psh, just away and then mm-hmm. it was gone.
0: Yep. Yep. That that that's what happens. Next.
2: And, and and actually a lot of times these people end up in a worse situation than they were even before they won the lottery because now they've got millions of dollars of debt on top of mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not having because they they were living a lifestyle they were where they were Squandering it, they, you know, they, and they were digging themselves further because when you've got that kind of capital, uh, everyone's willing to give you a loan. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes. Hello, Mr. Bankruptcy Judge, is what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> Which, in and of itself, is an interesting thing. I, I once had, uh, for, for many years, I was a, a website developer, and I had a client who was an attorney in Virginia who dealt quite often with um, with clients who were seeking bankruptcy. And he said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's an amazing thing that happens where bankruptcy is concerned. There is a very small percentage of the population that repeatedly declares bankruptcy over and over and over and over and over again. They, you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 they climb back, they acquire some wealth, they borrow to the hilt, and they go into the bankruptcy. And then they just keep doing it repeatedly. And mm-hmm. I, I think about that, and I say to myself, What an interesting mindset that is, one that I certainly am glad I don't have. Because, I mean, talk about contrast, Bill. You were talking about contrast earlier. That person is living the contrast.
3: Right. (laughs) They're
0: really in it. But, uh, oh, yeah. I I think there's such a thing as dipping your toe in the contrast. You don't really have to dive in above your head. (laughs) (laughs) You can experience it either way. It's up to you. Which way do you want to do it? (laughs) Um I mean, there's arguments on both sides, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, I wanted to go through some of these. So, the first person who posted, I'll just name them by first name, but Diane posted, prayers for poverty, pray for the poor and the needy. I want to know what you guys think about that.
1: I think what that's you, a good mindset to have.
2: Well, what are you praying for? <laughs> are you praying for them to be, to gain wealth, or are you praying for them to learn abundance? <clears throat>
0: And if you're praying for poverty, Uh, aren't you really praying for poverty?
2: Yeah, Yeah. you're praying for poverty. (laughs)
0: You're you're actually attracting (laughs) poverty. So, I mean, that was my comment to her. I mean, I I recommend praying for abundance rather than for poverty if you really want to try to help somebody out somewhere along the way. (laughs) Right. I pray that you remain poor. No, no, that doesn't work. (laughs) So, Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Farhana says not everyone is a believer, not everyone wants to be a, be a millionaire, and not everyone makes an effort with the law of attraction. What do you think of that?
1: Facts.
2: Yeah. And also, experience is, I mean, there's a, there's a, um, a quadrant on, on the SRT charts. Uh, uh, one of the charts is called learning is fun. And one of those areas is, um, experience is the process, which roughly translates to whatever question you're asking, the soul desires experience. And um, I think this was brought up with your um, uh, conversation with Louis D'Souza today, uh, yesterday when we were talking about homeless people. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of homeless people who have, you know, they absolutely have nothing, but... They felt enriched by the experience of being homeless mm. because then they were able to let go of a lot of the uh, trappings of being a homeowner slash person with a job and whatever. And, um, you know, I have actually personally known homeless people who are in grinding poverty, who are very happy people because they were able to, f- they feel free, mm. mm-hmm. and because they know where to get a meal, they know where to find shelter when they need it, they feel abundant. Interesting thing, isn't cool.
0: it? How, how abundance yeah. gets defined so differently by different people. I and mean, we all tend to mm-hmm. think that it's going to be defined the way we would define it. You know, I, I right. think that, that X is abundance, therefore everybody else thinks that X is abundant, but... Apparently not. That's not the way people think.
2: And, and the city where I live right now is considered a poor city, and because you know, at, at, we've got uh, a pretty sizable homeless population and and panhandlers and whatever. And um, it's interesting. Some people see these people and they're like, "Oh, that horrible, that poor, poor person," and mm. see how they're suffering. And I have, to, and I look at them. I'm like, you know, I'm not seeing that. <laughs> I'm seeing somebody who has chosen this life be for whatever reason. I mean, mm. they may not be having a lot of fun, but their souls have made a decision that they're going to experience something in this lifetime, and it's going to be that. And, they're going, and their soul is gaining from the experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting.
0: There, there was a, there's a scene from a television show that comes to my mind. Um, the West Wing. There was a scene where Toby Ziegler, who is one of the West Wing staffers, he's one of the speechwriters, uh, ends up trying to track down the family of a homeless vet who froze to death on a park mm-hmm. bench. And mm-hmm. as he's exploring one of the the homeless uh, sections, you know where, where they hang out, um, he finds uh, his the, the guy's brother and and a friend of the guy's brother, and he's talking to the friend and. After the, he he talks to him for a while and, and asks the friend, "Could you make sure that that the guy is there for his brother's funeral because they are going to put on a funeral form and so forth because he's a veteran he sh- deserves to be deserves to be buried with honors and all this stuff?" Um, and mm-hmm. then Toby tries to give him money, and the guy says he refuses to take the money. He says, "You won't have enough money for the yeah. bus." Now Toby Ziegler right. you know, could basically buy half the White House, but the guy's afraid he right. won't have <laughs> enough money for the bus, which is, I mean. Mindset and, and it beautifully illustrates yeah. what the mindset differences can be. They're, it, they're very, mm-hmm. very different, very different mindsets. Mm-hmm. But he, the guy was yeah. much more concerned about now, a fictional character, granted, but he he was more concerned about the guy having money for the bus and taking the money that he himself might have been able to use.
2: Very interesting. Yeah. well, and also an, another concern that homeless people have is when people give them too much money, that they then be, become targets for muggings by other homeless people. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they're not looking, they're not looking for you, you know, people, when people are panhandling, they really are looking for change. They're Mm -hmm. looking for pocket change. They're not looking for somebody to hand them a hundred dollar bill because that's a, you know, that's a target. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's see what else we have. Dan said
0: in answer to the question, uh, you know, why could not everyone become a millionaire using the law of attraction so there'd be no poverty? He says, well, they could. But that's not everyone's path. We all have our own lessons to learn in different ways, which is what you were saying, Bill. Yes. That's it in a nutshell. And then Angeliki, I guess it is. Angeliki says, because we grow up with the belief that money is bad and not for us.
3: Mm.
1: Really? (laughs)
0: You're not well, convinced, Alex. I can tell.
1: <laughs> I don't know what part of the world she's from, but
2: <laughs> if it is your belief, uh, yeah,
1: everyone has their own belief. But hashtag if, it, #nah, son.
2: <laughs> if you believe that 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 money is the root of evil, and I, you know, and, and I have a great example of this. My um, uh, my mother-in-law a little while uh, a few years ago was um, uh, had a, a falling out with her sister. And, um, so, but they both owned a house together. And so, um, she asked her sister to please cash, buy her out of her house. Uh, so that way, you know, she had money to retire and whatever. And her, her sister refused and it became this drawn out legal battle. There were lawyers involved and lawsuits involved. And then at the end of the whole thing, she won the case, obviously, because it was her it was it was her money, and when she got the money, she wanted no part of it, and she ended up giving it all away wow, and that was her retirement money wow um but she didn't the having the money to her had so much pain attached to it mm-hmm. that she had to she couldn't she couldn't in good consciousness hold on to it.
0: How do you think that worked after the fact for her? Did, did she feel relief? Did she feel
2: release? I don't know. She ended up living with me. She still lives with me. <laughs> so uh, okay. um, it what it what it turned her into was a dependent. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Um, she seems happier because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, at least it doesn't give her any taxable income. <laughs> this but, is true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, to, to be truthful, I really don't know. Um, she's still trying at, to this day to reconcile with her sister, but her sister's just not having any of it. Mm. Um, so so in, if, in this particular case, uh, money had a, a tremendous amount of negative energy attached to it. Mm. Yeah. And, and she ended up giving it to, uh, my wife and she gave it to my sister-in-law. And what we ended up doing with it was we just paid debt with it. And so it just, it was just gone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, and then my, and my sister-in-law used it to, um, pay down her mortgage on a house that she ended up selling at a loss anyway. So the money ended up going (laughs) away there too. I find it oh, fascinating man. that what you just described
0: was a story of two different <clears throat> law of attraction manifestations. On the one hand, you had one person manifesting manifesting peace by releasing money, and on the other hand, you had two people who manifested, uh, you know, a, a cash windfall to eliminate debt. You know, both manifestations uh-huh. came true in the same story. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is pretty cool.
2: So, and it's, so if you believe that money is evil. Um, even when you attract it, you're not going to want to hold on to it. Right. Yeah, right. that's true. Yep. Okay. Let's see.
0: Um, now there's a person who calls herself Darkest Lord, and her reason her, her her reason for why people couldn't become millionaires and eliminate poverty is because the pro because of the problem of their faith, and and she doesn't really elaborate on that. But Daniel agrees with her. Says, "Yep, you said it." What do you guys think? Well... I think
1: she means that they don't believe in law of attraction.
2: Okay. Okay. I'll, I, I'll go with that, I guess. Um, but I think it comes back down to what we were saying before about it, it really is what kind of emotions are you attaching to the money? If you believe that the money, money is going to bring you happiness... And you really believe that, that it's going to, that abundance is happiness, then yes, it's going, then you will attract it and there will be good energy attached to it. But if you believe it's wrong or that what, that how you're getting the money is wrong and you're, you know, somewhat dirtied by it or sullied by it for whatever reason, then, um, it's only going to lower your vibration the more you have of it. I, I guess another good example is when I was um when I was much younger, I was a telemarketer. And um I was very good at my job. And what I was selling was credit cards. Oh, lovely. Over oh, the phone. God, it was you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> and the my, truth comes out. <laughs> my best customer is when I would get a um a, an elderly person on the line. mm Mm-mm. And They just wanted to talk to somebody because they were usually very lonely or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I would sell them more stuff that they didn't want at a price they couldn't afford. And I felt awful at the end of the day. I felt Mm. dirty at the end of the day. And eventually I just quit the job. And and they were like, why are you leaving? You're doing great.
0: I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) great is a relative word. Yeah. mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. So if if what you're doing to attract money is, and 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 it comes down to faith too. If you what you're doing, you believe is hurting people, then it's not going to um, have the abundant properties that you're looking for. And all that time too, when I was working, I was getting nice bonuses and whatever. I felt poor that whole time because mm. my soul felt poor that whole time, and mm. I, and I never seemed to have any money. Mm-hmm. It was all gone, or whatever. It was. It was just, I I, I would spend it, and then I'd look at my bank account. And I was like, where's my money? Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: yep. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. I I did try one telemarketing job. It was one of the first jobs I tried after school, and I was there for. Ex- I wasn't even there for a full day. I was there for exactly mm-hmm. two hours. The first hour was being taught what it is I was going to be doing. Most of the second hour was trying to convince me to actually make a phone call. And I picked, mm-hmm. finally picked up the phone, and I made one phone call. We were selling these. Uh, it, it was one of these companies that sells meat in bulk, and you, you buy packages oh, okay. and so oh. forth. And to me, to my mindset, the the meat was horribly expensive. I thought it was way overpriced.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I
0: made that first phone call. It felt absolutely miserable. I got up, hung up the phone, and said, "I quit," and walked out of the place because I knew right then and there I couldn't make any other phone calls. I literally couldn't pick up the phone after that because it felt so bad. It felt so uncomfortable. So I, I I mean,
2: and the thing is, you can be a good salesperson if the product that you're selling is something you really can get behind. mm -hmm. You know, if you if you believe that this is going to actually help people, that this is something that's going to, you know, make their lives better, then. Selling it is easy, mm-hmm. and you don't feel bad afterwards because you've just given them something wonderful. Mm-hmm. You're you're they they've actually you're giving them abundance. You're giving them something you know. You're giving them more than what they're paying for, and um, so though that's that's an easy sell. Well, I, and I, I like and you what don't you feel said. dirty afterwards.
0: Yeah. the the only, the only thing I I might want to alter, and I say this very deliberately, is. I, mm-hmm. It's not that I don't want to feel bad. I want to feel good about it. I want to feel right. really, yeah. really good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, just not feeling bad isn't good enough as far as I'm concerned. Right. For exactly, me, I mean, yes. I mean, for other people, I've, I've known plenty of people who could you know, not feel bad and that's good enough and, and they're okay. My My standard is so ridiculously high that I have to feel great about it in order to sell it, whatever it is. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I don't right. feel like I'm selling it. I feel like I'm just kind of giving it away. And and I can do that, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but anything less than that, I have a little trouble with. <laughs> not that I've not sold stuff before. I mean, I I've, uh, I you know I was in business for myself, selling web designs for many years, and there were a few times mm-hmm. where I'd put uh, you know price out for bid, and I would gulp when I did it because I knew that compared to the marketplace, it was a high price. I also knew what I was going to give them in return for it was going mm-hmm. to be well above what the mm-hmm. marketplace gave them. But nevertheless, there was that thing going on there. And that, that 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 can be a kind of a tough thing at times, but yeah, I, I'm with you, Bill. You got to feel good about it. You got to feel really good
3: about I do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I had a, a similar experience in telemarketing when I was uh, 16. Mm-hmm. I worked for a dating service, ironically, and <laughs> very. <laughs> so this was back in the day before dating apps. So this was back when um, you would sign up and. You would make a video and people would choose you based on your video. Right. So my job was to call you at home during dinner and during dinner, remind no. you how single you were. Oh, and how much you needed us. And <laughs> and you need to pay seventy nine ninety-five for us to get you married. And I ran into a customer. I was okay with it at the time because the money was good. But I ran into a customer, it was a an elderly lady and this was the worst this mm. was terrible i uh it was an elderly lady and she i ended up talking to her found out her husband was just buried that day oh dear and i was like oh. Oh. i was like oh my god i i can't i can't and then my boss was like listening in on the call and she was like why aren't you selling and i was like are you serious right now <laughs> She's like, I'm so sorry, I just got back from my husband's funeral, and I was like, oh my god, I can't. So, I never came back (laughs) after that day.
2: (laughs) And she was like, the iron's hot! The iron's hot!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) She's (laughs) nearly single, get in there! Uh, So, I couldn't do it. I was like, these people have no morals, I can't, I can't, I can't work with that. And that was at 16, I was like, no, I can't. (laughs)
0: it it raises an interesting side topic here. And I won't go into the direction where this came up earlier to me for me today, because it's one of those topics that takes us down rabbit holes now. And I don't really want to go down a rabbit Mm -hmm. hole, but I raised a question in a conversation today, whatever happened to integrity? Because Mm. it seems like integrity is, is almost, it's not that it's non-existent, but it's almost taboo. It's it's like, it's been thrown out the window by so many people. And, and I'm not quite sure what that's all about. I, I mean, I know there's there's a law of attraction element going on, probably many of them. But I don't know. Do you guys see the same thing that I'm seeing, that there, there's this integrity thing going on? Yep. You do? Yeah. I
1: feel like everybody's trying too hard to be PC, that they don't want to step on anyone's toes. Mm-hmm. So they're like, they're just all about themselves, and they're like, Oh, you, you're an independent woman, you do your own thing, and da 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 da. I don't need to hold the door open for you. You know, things like, little things like that <laughs> build up.
0: That, that was quite a long build train up. there. <laughs> All leading up to not holding the door for you, like, whoa. <laughs> when
2: I, when I teach my accounting class, I spend the entire semester, uh, in discussion groups, um, talking mm-hmm. about um, ethics, because it's one area that um, doesn't get talked about enough. And even when it is talked about, I am sometimes shocked at the responses that my students give me, because it's usually not the direction where the discussion is supposed to be going. <laughs> um, and you, you know, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the author who wrote Liar's Poker, and the big oh, um Oh,
0: yes, uh, I know who you mean. Um, Michael, Michael, uh, oh, what's his last name? Uh.
1: I'm sorry, do you have the book on the ceiling? Is that where you Yeah, that's to? what it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good book too. Liar's Poker is really interesting. Oh, uh, wow, what well, is Google it name? for
1: those of you who do want to find out.
0: He's the same guy who wrote, um, um, the, the story about the football player.
2: Yeah. Michael Lewis. Lewis, that's his name. Lewis. Yes. Michael Lewis. Yeah, but the thing is when he wrote Liar's Poker, he meant it as an exposé of Wall Street. Right. But but the the students at Harvard Business School used it as a how-to guide. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. Um.
2: And he and the thing is he's and he I've heard him say, you know, I've heard him do interviews and he's he's he talked about this. He's like that wasn't the intention of the book. The intention was to say how bad it was. But it, you know, again about the, you know, attraction, law of attraction here. He writes this book about how to cheat on Wall Street. Yeah. And it attracts people who want to cheat on Wall Street. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Integrity is a little bit of a slippery issue where the law of attraction mm-hmm. is concerned because it does have that moral side to it. And the law of attraction right. really is not a moral principle at all. It has nothing to do with morality. It has to do with vibration. Yeah. It has to do with like attracts mm-hmm. like. And, and right. as your illustration beautifully illustrated – Um, You know, the the like in this particular case was a bunch of Harvard students who were willing to do anything in order to make a fortune on Wall Street. It's like, oh, cool, here's the rule book. Here's how we do it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this even brings us back to the uh, making, using LOA to make a million dollars. What is your intention here? Is your intention to make a million dollars by taking it away from other people? Mm. Right. Many you know, people do, you, do you see the universe as a zero-sum game where you are going to, that by you becoming rich, that means, ergo, other people have to get poor? I mean, I knew
0: a guy right. who used to sell credit cards to people who didn't need credit cards, especially to the elderly. I
2: mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what was worse was then I would call the same people up a month later and oh. sell them insurance <laughs> on the on the credit card. Oh, ten.
1: you're worse what? than I am. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, actually Bill, then I think you can probably help under, help us understand the mindset here because even though now you were tre- teaching a, a an accounting course that had an ethical component to it, you actually have lived on that other side. Do you have a yes. sense of, of how it is that a person gets to that side? How, how does someone end up on the dark side?
2: <laughs> well, they they end up on the dark side due to um, pressure, rationalization, and opportunity. Those are the that that's what they call the fraud triangle.
0: Fraud triangle, yes. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and, and and actually that is a concept they teach in, in, it's, it's in, a legal in concept. business
3: school yeah
2: yeah it's, it's the the fraud triangle and so there's nothing you can do to prevent um the pressure and the rationalization because those are those are internal processes um so a company to prevent fraud can only address the opportunity aspect of it mm-hmm. and when I was in compliance that's what we were that was primarily my job was to try and limit it or eliminates opportunity but the problem is with you've got any sort of collusion going on where two or more people decide that they are going to defraud the company or defraud the customer or whatever mm-hmm. all of your internal pro- all your internal controls can't prevent it there's no con- internal control that can prevent a conspiracy <laughs>
0: plus, as the president so keeps pointing out, there's no such thing as a law against collusion. So I just thought I'd throw that
2: right. in there. <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, you can make laws against collusion. <laughs> yes, the penalties are a lot worse for collusion, but it still doesn't prevent anybody from doing it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> right. No. Right. Because if you can justify it, I mean, if, if pressure is, is there because pressure is people feel they don't have enough, therefore they so you know kid needs braces the kid or or your um you need, you need a nicer car or your apartment's falling apart you want to go to a, you want to live in a nicer place so that's that's your pressure aspect. Next you have your um your' just your uh, rationalization well okay the boss I know that the boss is a crook. Therefore, it's okay if I'm a crook yeah, too. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get ahead in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so there's your cultural aspect. That's mm-hmm. that. There's your law of attraction part of it. Is that is that um, rationalization? Is am I taking away from others? Am I going to feel good about that? Or am I going to feel bad about that? Um. Is it okay for me to do something unethical? Without, or do something without integrity because other people are doing it or that because I feel as though my need is more important than somebody else's need. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then at that point, if you've already gotten to the point where you have accepted the pressure and you have accepted the rationalization and now you're just looking for an opportunity, there isn't a, um, a internal control system alive that can prevent the determined person who has already made th- that, those decisions from committing fraud. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't prevent it. So then you're at, as a compliance person, then you're at your thing is, how do we catch them? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then that- you become a cop. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: And and this is actually a a good real-world illustration of why it is you can't attract for somebody else. Right. You can influence Mm -hmm. them, but you can't attract for them. Right. Perfect example right here. Um, I was looking at the word consequence yesterday. And the reason Mm -hmm. I looked at that is consequence has a relatively negative piece of baggage attached to it. So when we talk about consequences, we think about them as being negative consequences. In actual reality, when you look at the root, where where the word comes from in Latin and so forth, divide it into two pieces. The second piece is sequence. Well, we know what a sequence is. It's just one thing following another. And the con part, when you look at the Latin derivative, it means together or with. So with the sequence or together with the sequence. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. a negative component per se. It's just it's, it's what follows, in other words. That's what a consequence is. A consequence is simply what follows. And when I look at uh, things like integrity, by the way, this is how I I resolved the whole integrity question for myself earlier on when I was looking at it. Um, What I realized is that where the law of attraction is concerned and where attracting and manifesting is concerned, no matter what our mindset is, first of all, we're in that mindset because we think that it's going to make us happier. We think that we're going to feel better, regardless of whether we're committing fraud or giving gifts away. Either way, we think that we're going to be happier when we do that. But there's also the second set that because of this, this uh, cultural landscape that we live within, even if it's all illusion, and I think we, we deliberate creators agree this is all illusion, nevertheless, we live with this illusion and we work with this illusion, or these illusions, I should say. And within the, the realm of those illusions, there are actions and there are consequences, that one just kind of tends to follow the other. So, you know, you can have somebody, for instance, who will decide that integrity isn't all that important to them. And they'll just you know, follow the, the path to Wall Street to to play liar's poker and, you know, hey, mm-hmm. I'm making my millions this way. But an interesting yeah. thing happens along the way. Consequences follow. They always yeah. follow. And they follow in ways that we often don't see in advance, particularly if we, if we make a decision to go take advantage of somebody else. We think, oh, well, I'll just get away with it. Except yeah. that's not what happens. Regardless of whether you get caught, per se, you still never mm-hmm. actually get away with it. In one way right. or another, your actions come back to you because of the law of attraction. And you begin right. to to see the other parts of it, the other sides of it, the other pieces to it, the ones that you weren't seeing the first time around. So... While well, I found it an interesting question about integrity, what I realized ultimately, it didn't matter.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. It
0: ultimately doesn't really matter because what ultimately happens, and I mean, we can all think of—I I can certainly think of one particular individual in society who is experiencing it right now.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: ultimately, it all comes back to you, one way or another. You, what yeah. you put out is what you come back. With. It's what—it's it, what comes back to you, and. You do it, you put it out through your thought process, you put it out through your thought process combined with actions, put it out there in a lot of different ways. That's what we all do when, when we're living in this world of contrast. Invariably, it, it always comes back to us. Like attracts like, vibration attracts vibration. It's just, it, it really is that it's a, I mean, Abraham is right. It's truly, the law of attraction is truly a fair friend in every way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't seem like it is at, at times, it always is. Which is an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. let's see what else do we have here for some interesting responses that people gave Okay, here's a good one from Tiffany now again the question here was why could not everyone become a millionaire using the law of attraction so there would be no poverty Tiffany replied because there are karmic reasons that dictate our life's experiences and due to to the karma at play the laws of attraction do not quite work in the literal way that you are thinking
1: Yeah. Ooh, interesting.
2: Talk yeah, about that, that Bill. <clears throat> yeah, we we uh, we we touched on that when we were talking about how your soul has certain experiences that it came into this lifetime to to experience, and um and on top of that, what I often tell my clients, uh, especially when I'm talking to them about some um, uh, horrific experiences where they had when they were children, mm. is that um. W- uh we work under the belief under the under the system the understanding that we come into this lifetime um with a certain set of experiences we want to experience we and to do that we make deals with the um the other souls in our lives uh our parents in particular so we pick our parents we pick our siblings we pick our friends and we do this all before we're b- we're born yep And so, you know, I was meeting with a client recently, and she was like, well, my father sexually abused me. Did I choose that? And I said, yes, yes, you did choose that because you needed to learn something from that experience. And she looked at me like I had five heads and whatever. So, you know, we we pulled out the charts. Well, again, you do have five heads. You haven't
0: looked in the mirror lately, have you? No. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, you know, we pull out the charts and we, and we allow high self to tell us what those lessons are. And so, you know, what was the lesson here? So we learned what the lesson was. And I said, does this make sense to you? And she was, and she was, she was there with a, with tears down her, uh, Running down her eyes and she's like, Oh my God, that's exactly it. Wow. That's what I needed to learn. And so we cleared it. And there it is. And it, and it was done at that point. And now we know that she is doesn't, she won't need to re-experience that, um, that karma in a future lifetime because not only did her soul experience it, but it learned what it needed to learn before it could move on. Before it moved on,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and without giving away the details
0: of her situation, because obviously that's confidential. Can you give us like a, a taste of like what what kind of stuff are we talking about that that made it necessary from her soul's like, perspective
2: to do this? Um, a desire for self punishment usually comes up. Um, a um, let's see. Uh, Let's see. There's we have a chart um, on of discordant energies, and it's a huge chart. Um, It's a circle chart with an inner fan and an outer fan, and it's got all sorts of horrible things in there, like uh, failure, excesses, escapism, envy, stinginess, spiritual suicide, sexual abuse, and it's got all you know, it's all kinds of terrible things in there. And so when we're We identify the cast of characters involved. We invite and identify the different souls involved. Then we go to this chart to identify the flavor. What is the, what is the, um, the dominant emotion surrounding this particular person's, um, bad life experience? And it's always personal. It's always what the soul wants to learn. And then when we. Put the flavor onto the situation. That's usually when it clicks for the person who's who I'm working with, uh, because now we got the dominant emotion attached, and then we are able to move out. Uh, then we're able to clear it and move on. And 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 that hits a layer of it, but sometimes then that goes to a deeper layer and a deeper layer because people who experience really bad uh, situations in early life will also. I'll tend to repeat those situations in later life with relationships and abusive spouses and whatever, especially if you haven't learned from the from the first experience. If you didn't learn from the first experience, then you repeat it again. And if you didn't learn from that one, you repeat it again, you repeat it again. This is why people come to see me, because they have a repeating pattern where they're always attracting the wrong things into their lives and they want to know what is is I'm, what is it my soul is trying to learn here that is attracting these bad things into my life. So then we clear that, we figure out what it is, we clear it, and then we're able to end the pattern and then they're able to attract uh, a more positive experience in their lives. Alex, you
0: were shaking your head up and down there
2: like that was resonating with you.
1: Yeah, that's totally what I believe. That you've already, when when you're a celestial being, you've already chosen your path before you come down here. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
1: you've definitely, you've already chosen your parents. You've chosen the people that are gonna rub you the wrong way. You've chosen to learn those lessons. You turned, you've chosen the people that are gonna love you. You've you've chosen everything already. So you know, in a way, we have a set path, but in a, in a way we, you know, we also can choose which way, which way down the road we want to go. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, Bill, you said something interesting in there uh, toward the beginning of that little description. You said that uh, one of the motivations is self-punishment.
2: Yeah. And a desire for, self-punishment, desire that, for that self-punishment. That comes up often.
0: Yeah. And I find that fascinating because in my own development, I've come to the conclusion that we're really rough on ourselves as human beings and that we all are. We're really rough on ourselves. So it it makes me wonder, when we're making these decisions, according to what you guys are talking about here, we're making them when we're in the non-physical. We're not in our physical bodies yet. So we're, we're still in a high vibration place when we're making these decisions. And, and so mm-hmm. the question that yes. comes to my mind is, why do I want to put myself into a position where I punish myself? And the reason I asked that question is I now understand here in my lifetime now we punish ourselves far too much. So right. there's my question. How do, how do I how how can you help me reconcile that question because I'm not sure how to do it?
2: For the experience. Because when you're in a high vibration place in a non in the non-physical ro- realm you don't you can't really punish yourself there. <clears throat> but in this particular physical lifetime because we're in a low vibration, a low density vibration, we actually have the ability to uh, punish ourselves, and we punish ourselves in order to understand the contrast. Mm-hmm. In order to understand the contrast, meaning what? To understand, in order, and in the only way we can truly understand the contrast is by experiencing the contrast. Okay. But. The, the, the nice thing, though, is the, 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 the ray of hope here is that as we, are ascent, as we are becoming more ascended human beings, as more ascended souls, we now know that we can shed ourselves of that contrast. We now, we've experienced the contrast, now we can clear the contrast, and we can live more ascended lives in the physical realm. Okay. So don't quite, <laughs> it, is, it is possible. It is possible to live a more ascended life. Oh, that part I have physical. no trouble with.
0: I, 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 right. I totally buy into that part. I'm still having right. trouble understanding
2: why it is somebody wants to punish themselves. Um, I mean, again, the, it, again, it's not like it's a conscious choice. It's not like you wake up one morning and say, hey, I want to punish myself real bad today and break out the whip and start hitting yourself in the back or whatever. It's has to do with um a desi and unhappiness, it has to do with um what did what did I say here? Your um unhappiness, doubt, um hate itself, um a just a, a desire to to be uh just hard on yourself, I guess. Um, and again, it's, it's one of those things where when I describe it to people, they're like, why would I choose that for myself? And the reason is your soul wanted to experience it. And we're
0: coming in close to where it is that I'm, I'm stumbling on this because yeah. mm-hmm. if I'm in a non-physical place, a yeah. high vibration place by definition, because everything we know about it says right, right. that when you're in. Non physical, you're in a high vibration place. You're feeling good. You're feeling great. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're choosing this really, really painful experience. So, why would I want to choose yes. a real p- painful experience in that place? Well, you, your answer was to experience the contrast. But here's the, the reason I have trouble yeah. with that. The reason I have trouble with that is my understanding is virtually all of us in that non physical place have been here countless times. It's not like we've never done That's this true. before. You know, we've been through mm-hmm. this a few times. So, we have a pretty good idea that when you get here, there's plenty of contrast. Did we just yeah. forget? Did we have like this huge mindless experience of like, wow, I can't remember that I had all this contrast and, and it all affected me in this big way. No, no, no. I got actually dive deeper off it, the deep end in order to experience even more contrast than I did before. Like really? Right.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, again, it, it's funny because um, uh, if you've ever done any kind of uh, improvisational uh, workshops, Uh, like acting or, you know, you get up on stage and you, and you're acting out a scene. I I have not, but I'm aware
0: with, I'm aware of the concept. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, uh, when you're acting, when you're acting out an improvisational scene, the more interesting scenes are the ones where you can really up the stakes. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, where they, what actors call the, the yes and. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so in order to make the scene more interesting and more entertaining for the audience. You yes and it. You yes and, and you, you build it and you make it more and more dramatic. And so as a, as, and now, even though that you are not actually living that, you're still the observer. So your, your soul is the observer. The non physical part of your body, of, of your, of you is the observer. And, you want to really understand this contrast thing. And so you, yes, and your life. You make it as dramatic and as painful as possible. So that way you could really, really understand and embody and really understand on a, on a uh, visceral level of what that, um, what that pain is all about. But it, it's all an illusion. And so, you know, through the work that I do and the, through the work that, you know, uh, through law of attraction and whatever, you start to shed that illusion. And you're like, oh, wait a second. I don't really need to experience that anymore. You know, I've been there, done that. I've, got, I, I, I got the t-shirt. I'm okay. <laughs> the t-shirt is ripped down the I back, now- but nevertheless. <laughs> right, right. And so, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I okay. I learned my lesson. I'm good to go. And now I'm going to. I'm now I'm going to move on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, it sounds like a very nicely, beautifully laid out uh, justification for dysfunction. I, I mean, it's beautifully
2: expressed. It really it, is. <laughs> it, well, the thing it is. It is your own dysfunction, and we own our dysfunction. And the, the thing is, you got to own. And that was what you know. A lot of the other life coaches say too. You got to own your own dysfunction before you can shed it before you can get before you can get rid of it you you own who you are and and with all of your your faults and whatever and then at that point you under, once you understand yourself then you can then you can let all that go
0: yeah it still seems a little bit uh, batty to me but uh you know whatever <laughs> There's a lot of
1: things that go over Walt's head. <laughs>
0: over, around, through. It's just you know, it's an amazing thing. My 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 head just doesn't wrap around certain things, and that's apparently not one of them. <laughs> like, yeah, I, <laughs> I I
3: just
0: I I mean, there's I I've played out in my mind this scenario of mm-hmm. being in the non physical realm. And well, and, oh, actually, right. let me let me take your your. You just gave a nice description, a nice analogy of the actor who plays it out. Okay. Yes, and yes, and yes, and. Um, Interesting thing that goes along with this. Actors do like playing those parts the most. And the right. reason that mm-hmm. they give for it is, they, they don't say it this way, but what it amounts to is they can play the role out without the consequences that come with it. Right. They, they can mm-hmm. be Adolf Hitler without suffering what Adolf Hitler suffered. Right. But here's mm-hmm. the interesting thing that makes that not true. Mm-hmm. There are so many actors who play really, really nasty roles who often expire die from stuff very similar to the thing they played in the roles. I
1: right. mentioned I
0: mentioned the, fil- the the TV series The West Wing. John Spencer mm-hmm. who played Leo McGarry who played the, the chief of staff in in the television show it mm-hmm. in one of the later series has a heart attack his character has a heart attack at Camp David and is and they don't discover him for like 24 hours or 36 hours or something like that. Um, John Spencer himself died of a heart attack months later. Uh-huh. You know, so here's a case of an actor who was playing this really horrific part thinking that there are no actual consequences that come from it, and he gets consequences that come from it.
2: Yeah. And actually my uh my twin I've a i have have an identical twin brother who was an act who was an actor. Oh really? And um he played um he was telling me once about a role that he had to play, a very dramatic role. Very um. Uh. What was it? Inherit the Wind. He was playing. Uh, oh. He was playing the, um, the main prosecutor in the in Inherit the Wind. Okay. And so, um, that role took a lot out of him mm. because, uh, first of all, the the character's beliefs were very contrary to his own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were there. And then on top of that, um, he played the role so well that he actually was feeling physically ill afterwards. Wow. Because mm-hmm. that character, too, dies of a heart attack at the end of the, <laughs> at the, end of the play.
3: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> and so, you know, and, yes, a- actors do sometimes suffer the consequences of whatever role that they're playing, so which is why it's so important for for actors to maintain that observer distance, mm. even when they're playing a role. And experienced actors know this
0: oh yeah well the exper- you can tell on the interviews the experienced actors right. are constantly talking about it's the same theme over and over again how close knit the cast was how well everybody right. got along yeah. they, they were having so much fun on the set over and right. over and over again you can just tell that's their defense mechanism that's how they're right. they're using that as a way to to contrast what it is they're actually playing right. in the drama and they're they're, they're right. offsetting it in that way Um, Mm -hmm. I, I I guess the one way I can kind of come to terms with, with this concept as you're laying it out, and I've heard this before, so it's not totally unfamiliar to me, but the one way I can kind of make sense out of it, it's like somebody who likes to go to the horror films, but they don't actually Mm -hmm. believe what they see in the horror film. It's not, it's not like they actually fear that's going to happen in their lives. They just go because it's fun to be scared by the horror film. But they walk out of the movie, uh-huh. and, and if they're interviewed, they're saying, "No, I don't really think Jaws is going to you know, take a bite out of my leg." You know, so uh-huh. so they just they, they just dismiss that part of it. They just think it, that it's so fun and so exciting. Their their emotions are so elevated and so forth. And if I look at it that way, I guess I can kind of get that. That yeah. that would sort of yeah, make yeah. But some then what about
1: the other people who are going to see the movie, and now they're never swimming again in the ocean again?
0: Right. And and that's where I, I would call it the unintended mm. consequence.
1: Right. Mm.
2: And I, 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 that's why I don't watch horror films myself, because I empathize too much with the victim.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And, be, and because I'm empathizing with the victim, um, I get more scared than when I should. And then I end <laughs> up leaving, and I'm like, why did I do that to myself?
0: <laughs> it, it, it's an ongoing thing between Louise and me. She, she likes watching, um, what's the name of it? Uh, it's one of the cop shows. It's big cop show. Tom Selleck. Sark- Blue Bloods. Blue Bloods. She likes watching Blue Bloods. Blue Bloods yeah, good show. You like that one? Drives yeah. me nuts. <laughs> because we, we, we have a relatively small apartment. So when she has the TV on, first of all, she cranks it up loud. Which means that uh-huh. no matter where I am in the apartment, I can't get away from it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and here's all this. there's all this anger going on and frustration and rage and fights and all this other stuff going on. And I can't get away from it. And so I keep thinking to myself... Why am I, why have I put myself in this place of hearing all this stuff going on that I don't want to have part of my psyche, and yet I'm bombarding myself with it this way? And I finally came to the conclusion that I'm using it as a way to practice putting up my mental boundaries against it, saying, I'm not letting that in. That's just not me. I'm just not even going to focus on it. I'm not even going to think about it. Sometimes I have to close the door to accomplish that, but nevertheless, that that seems to be what I'm doing because because it keeps going on, it keeps continuing. So clearly, I'm giving some attention to it for some reason. That's that's the best that's the best explanation I have right now. It's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Okay. So with that in mind, well, that was fun. That was that was an interesting conversation. We only got about one quarter of the way through the post I mean it shows you can get a lot of material to talk about by going through these posts and all the different perspectives that people have up on there so uh, I will thank the people who posted their perspectives because it gave us a lot to talk about that was great (laughs) um Joe uh Joe yeah Bill before we go do you want to tell people about uh, your service and how they can reach out to you if they're interested in helping to get something cleared from their background there's some some low-level spirits bugging them or something like that
2: that sounds great. Um, actually, I'm a. i uh, am I can be found at um, uh, uh, Vital Bioenergetics on is on uh, Facebook, but um, the website is nina It's N-I-N-A-G-E-E.com. Just look me up, and um, you'll see what my services are. I, I do a thing called spiritual response therapy, and I can do this. I do this in person, or I can do it remotely over uh, WebEx or Skype or whatever works just as fine no matter where you are.
0: Very good. All right. And, Alex, anything you got to tell us about the podcast? I know you were thinking about getting another one uh, up there, but uh, any, any news that we should know about where your podcast is concerned?
1: Uh, it's it's now gone from weekly to monthly.
3: Ah, okay.
0: So,
1: sad for my fans, but, you know, well. it's more news in, in – you know, a
0: longer length of time. So Okay. So you're, you're packing it, it in each episode. They're, they're, they're getting yeah. more bang for their buck each time is what it amounts
1: Exactly. To. Okay.
0: Exactly. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. When's the next one scheduled for?
1: At uh, some point this week.
0: Oh, okay. So it's coming up soon.
1: <laughs> very good.
0: All right, then. Well, then we'll leave it at that. Thank you guys very much. Look forward to talking to you, Bill, next week. And Alex will be talking to you really soon because we're doing like three shows a week now so thank you guys very much yeah tomorrow it. morning tomorrow morning that's right yeah okay and we all thank right. you our listeners always a well. pleasure oh glad to have you Bill thanks to all our listeners we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today goodbye everybody